Good morning. Um, I'm going to dismiss the kids for their class. I'll get myself straight here. So I'm Elizabeth, and I am married to Pastor Mike. He's the lead pastor here. And let me tell you where he is this morning. Hold on. He is in North Carolina today. Um, some friends of ours uh, that pastor a church there in North Carolina, they um, are closing down their church and going to another church after leading the church for 15 years. And so our friend called us and said, will you come and speak? Because I don't think that I can give the last message of the church. And so Mike is there as a friend and also as a leader of MFI. That is where he is this morning. But it worked out so great because I was already scheduled to preach. And so Mike said, well, we already have the preaching set. And so he's down in North Carolina. He'll be back tonight. And I'm really excited to bring you a word today about thankfulness. Thanksgiving is coming up, and it's such a great time to focus on the things that we have to be thankful for and everything that God has done for us. This is our key verse. It's from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. This is what it says. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful to be here today. We're so thankful that we get to worship you and learn from your word and be together with our church family. God, we just invite you to be with us. God, I pray that you would touch every heart that is here. God, that we would have more of you. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this verse says that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, when I read it, I don't really see it saying that we need to give thanks for all circumstances. How, how many people know that we go through some things that we are not thankful for, but in all circumstances, during all circumstances, we can find things to be thankful for. And before you think that I'm just like a little Pollyanna up here and that I am never ungrateful, let me just tell a little story on myself. So a couple of months ago, Mike and I were driving down to North Carolina to go to a funeral. And we left about 2 o'clock. It was a four-hour drive. We get there about 6 o'clock. And so we kind of missed dinner. And we're at the funeral home. It's the visitation. And we, like, spoke with the family. And then I'm just getting hungrier and hungrier and, like, it's just, it's getting, it's getting rough, you know. And, you know, there's hungry and then there's hangry and I was getting a little I was getting a little grumpy right and so the family invited us over to their house to have some food but I said to Mike what if the food isn't ready when we get there what if there's not enough food what if it's just like a bag of chips like I'm so hungry so I said all right this is this is what we can do there's a Bojangles we passed on the way here so can we just stop at Bojangles and get some food before we go over to their house and that way I'll be sure like to get some food because I'm like I'm starting to get real grumpy because I need to eat so you guys know Bojangles yeah so their slogan is chicken and biscuits and so while I'm sitting there I'm thinking I just want a piece of fried chicken on a biscuit wouldn't that be so good and so we get to the drive through and I'm looking at the menu and I see like steak on a biscuit bacon on a biscuit sausage on a biscuit egg on a biscuit I don't see chicken on a biscuit so he asks the person at the drive through uh can we get you know fried chicken on a biscuit and they're like we don't have that And I was like, but your slogan is 
chicken and biscuits. Anyway, so in that moment, I was not being very thankful. I was very hungry. And so we ordered just chicken tenders with biscuits on the side. And as soon as I got to eat, you know that moment when you're real hungry and then you get to eat something and it's really good. And so I did like a little happy dance. Like I finally had some food and I had my chicken tenders and my biscuit. And then I was thankful for the food that I had. But how many know that we are not supposed to be thankful when we get what we want? We're not supposed to be ungrateful when we don't get what we want and then thankful when we get what we want. We're supposed to be thankful in all circumstances. So that was a fail on my part. I shouldn't only be happy when I get to eat. Speaking of eating, we're having fellowship meal today, and that makes me really happy. It really does. So our thankfulness should not be dependent on our circumstances. It should not be that we only are thankful when we get what we want. So in the verse, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. So how can we do that? How can we be thankful in every circumstance? How can we cultivate thankfulness in our life? I think that you need to practice. If you've ever tried to learn something, like my kids play soccer and basketball, they have to go to practice. They have to get better at it. And so if you look at your life and you're thinking, I am not a very thankful person. I'm only thankful when I get to eat what I want. Like me. Just kidding. Um, You need to practice thankfulness. So in her book, 1,000 Gifts, Ann Voskamp, she um, challenged herself to write down 1,000 things that she was thankful for. And so every day she would get up and she would look for things to be thankful for. And don't you know when she was looking for things to be thankful for, she found things to be thankful for. When she was looking, she found it. She was excited. She was expectant. She was like, what can I see that I can be thankful for? And we can do the same thing. She was excited and expectant. And she saw things that she could be thankful for. Do you know that she says... And I think this is probably true, that thankfulness is the key to joy. Could you use some more joy in your life? Yeah, I could. Billy Graham had the same view about Thanksgiving being the key to joy. And this is what he said. Nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. So what are you feeding your soul? What are you focused on? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you reading the Bible? Are you spending time worship in worship? Are you spending time with people that will encourage you? And encourage you in your relationship with God? Because, you know, the world system... It is designed to make you dissatisfied with your life. You know, the goal of advertisers is to make you think that you're unhappy and ungrateful so that you will want to go and buy the thing they're trying to sell you. And so if you're looking at your life and you're like, I could probably be more thankful, then you can do what Pastor Mike calls the cheater prayer. And this is when you want to do the thing that God wants you to do, but you Feel like you can't do it on your own. So you ask him to help you. So it's like you're asking the God of the universe to help you do the thing that he wants you to do. And we know from 1 Thessalonians that being thankful is God's will for us. And so ask God to help you. He's going to help you. He's going to help you to be more thankful. So I think there are two steps 
to being more thankful. It's not very complicated, but the first step is recognizing. The first thing you have to do is you have to see something to be thankful for. You need to recognize the blessings in your life. Like Ann Voskamp, you can be looking for things to be thankful for. There may be blessings in your life that God has given you and you just haven't noticed yet. So the first step is recognizing. And the second step is responding. Because you can see it, but then just keep walking. So first you recognize what you have to be thankful for. And the second step is to respond. You might say something. You might do something to show your thanks. You can take time to pray. Thank you, God. Or you can take action. It might cause you to want to do something. So like I was preparing for this message. I was thinking, okay, God, what am I thankful for? I thought about my family. I thought about Mike. And you know what it made me do? It made me want to send him a text. So I sent him a text and I said, I love you. I recognized it. And then I responded by doing something. So let's look at an example of this. We're going to find this in the book of Luke, chapter 17. We're going to read verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So let's talk about this a little bit. The lepers were outside of the village because they were not allowed to be around people that did not have leprosy. They were cast out of society. It's a very contagious disease, and they, they could not be around other people. And so they were on the outside. And so that's why they were at a distance and shouting out to Jesus, Jesus. Um, and so he called out to them and he, they said, they said, have pity on us. And he told them to show themselves to the priest. Now, why would he do that? It was because the priest had the authority to see the person and say, yes, you have, you no longer have leprosy. Now you can go back to your family. You can go back and be part of society. So that was the job. That was why he sent them to the priest. And so as they went, they were cleansed. They took Jesus at his word and obeyed, and as they were obeying and they're going, they received their miracle and their healing. Now, all ten of them were healed. And all ten of them would have taken the first step of thankfulness, which is recognizing. Clearly, if they were lepers and they're walking and they see that their limbs are restored and their their skin is healed, they can see very clearly that they have been healed. All ten of them recognized But only one responded. Only one stopped, came back, and demonstrated his thankfulness and responded to Jesus by throwing himself at his feet and thanking him. It was pretty amazing. And so Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Now, clearly he had already been healed 
That's why he came back to say thank you to Jesus. And so this word here that Jesus uses for well means salvation. Your faith and your response to Jesus and your thankfulness has saved you. That's pretty amazing. Now, all ten of the lepers received something major. Only one of them was thankful. How many major things has God done in your life that you need to be thankful for? And not only the major things, but also the little things as well. I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, so ten people got healed, but one said thank you. But what if that happens in our life? What if ten of you were given a beautiful sunrise this week, but only one said, thank you, God, for that amazing sunrise? What if God is putting blessings in your life, and you're not even noticing it? You need to recognize. You need to respond. I remember when I was in high school, I read a book. It was called The Hiding Place, and it's by Corey Tinboom. And some of you may be familiar with it. It's a book about her experience. During World War II, she was sent to a concentration camp. And she was there with her sister, Betsy, and it was horrible. The conditions were horrible. But they, in the midst of their circumstance, were looking for things to be thankful for. And they had smuggled a Bible into the camp, and they were in these barracks. And during the day, they would work, they would sew things. And while they were in their sewing circle, they could tell all the other prisoners about Jesus. They could talk about how good he was. And they had Bible studies right there in Ravensbrook. And they were in these barracks. Their straw was their bedding, and it was filled with fleas. And one day they realized that the reason why they could have their Bible study, the reason why they could talk about Jesus, was because of the fleas. Because the guards did not want to come into their barracks and get infested with fleas. And so they said, thank you, God, for the fleas, so that we can preach the gospel and share about you, Jesus. And when I read that, when I was a teenager, it, like, struck me. Like, I have never forgotten that story. It had a profound effect on me. And I thought, okay, if Corey and Betsy can be thankful for fleas in the concentration camp, then surely I can be thankful in all circumstances. I can be thankful for what you've done in my life, God. I can be thankful for the things that you do for me. So one of my favorite verses is found in Philippians. It's actually my favorite book of the Bible. I love it. And not just because it's short. It's just a really good book of the Bible. So in Philippians 4, verse 6, there's a verse that I just love. I've got I've to hold on to this verse. It's so good. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. When you go to God in prayer, you have to recognize who he is. And what he's done in your life, you have to be thankful for all the things that he's given you. You don't want to be like an ungrateful child that's given so many things and they go to their dad like, oh, I just want this. And not even recognizing all the things that God has already done for them. When we go to him, we need to go and recognize who he is and what he's done in our life. And Jesus understood this principle. He was thankful. When you read the Gospels, you can see a lot of places where he gave thanks One time he fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. You know what he did before he multiplied that food? He gave thanks. One time he rose someone from the dead. His name was Lazarus. And he was like dead, dead, like he was already in the tomb. 
Like, it wasn't like it had been like two seconds, like, oh, no. He was, they said he, he was like, they said, um, Jesus, you can't call him out. He's going to smell real bad. But right before Jesus is going to do this miracle and raise this person from the dead, he gave thanks. He said, thank you, God, that you have heard me. Jesus knew how to be thankful. And this morning, Chris was offering us communion, and he was talking about how Jesus um, had this last supper with his disciples. And Jesus knew he was going to the cross, and he had this meal with them, and he's trying to tell them what's going to happen. They don't, they don't really get it, but he still tries. He still tried to tell them. And in Luke twenty-two nineteen, we see that he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He gave thanks for the bread that represented his body that was going to be broken. He knew what he was going to go do for you and for me. He gave thanks for the cup that represented his blood that was going to be spilled. He was thankful. And why was he thankful? He was thankful because of what it was going to do for us. Hebrews 12 tells us that it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He had joy. He was thankful because he knew what it was going to mean for us. He knew that it was going to mean the difference for us. It was going to mean our salvation. And that was why he chose to go to the cross. He was thankful to do it. He had joy because he knew what what it was going to do for us. He is our example of being thankful in all circumstances. And I don't think that we have to be thankful for the hard things in our life. But we can always find things to be thankful for in the midst of our difficulty. I remember a hard time that I went through. It was about seven years ago and my dad died. I remember it was a Friday and I um, was at field day at um field day at school you know they play the games and stuff and I was with all the kids and so we get to the car and I see that I've missed a call from my mom and I thought that was strange so I called her and I said uh, mom what's going on and she said what are you doing and I said well it's field day we're on our way home and she said uh why don't you call me when you get home I said okay so I'm driving home and I'm feeling really nervous like what is what is going on this is really weird so I get home and I go up to my room and I call her and she doesn't answer so now I'm really freaking out. So I call my brother. I'm like, Ed, so mom called and blah, blah, blah. And I can't get a hold of her. And he said, well, it was, it was dad. He had a heart attack and he died. He's gone. And it was the worst pain because I couldn't say goodbye. I couldn't say, I love you. He was gone. And in that moment... Where I was in my room, I can still see myself. I played a song on my phone. It's a song by Third Day, and it's called Cry Out to Jesus. And maybe you've heard it. So the first verse of the song is this. To everyone who's lost someone they love long before it was their time, you feel like the days you had were not enough when you said goodbye. That was really speaking to me in that moment. And then we get to the chorus, and this is the good part. This is the part that that I held on to. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. And in that moment, that's what I did. 
I cried out to him in the midst of my pain and my suffering, and he was there for me. It was a very hard time. I was very sad. It was very difficult to walk through. I cried out to Jesus in my pain, and he was there for me. And I was able to find things to be thankful for even in that time. I was thankful that I had such a good dad. I was thankful we had had a conversation shortly before he died where he said to me, I'm proud of you, and I think you're a good mom. And it was not like him to say things like that. I really feel like it was a gift that God gave me, and I have held on to that. I was thankful for my family. I was thankful for Mike, who was so patient with me. Because how many know that grief is not just sadness? Sometimes it comes out in anger. Sometimes it comes out in other ways. And you need to be supported and loved, and that is how Mike was for me. I was thankful for my friends and for my church family, who really supported me and were there for me. We can give thanks in all circumstances. It's a choice of where we're going to put our focus. There is always something to be thankful for. So maybe you're going through a hard time. Maybe you face some loss or hardships in your life, and you're having a hard time getting past it. For some, the holidays are really difficult because it reminds you of loss. I know that in the midst of your circumstances, the Holy Spirit can come. And comfort you. And heal you. He can show you things to be thankful for. Remember that Jesus gave thanks during the most difficult season of his life. He knew he was going to suffer and die for us. Jesus was thankful that he could endure the cross for the joy set before him. His goal and purpose in going to the cross was to take the punishment that we deserve. That we would be made well like the leper. That we would be saved made whole, forgiven of our sins, and given a new life. He was thankful because of what his sacrifice means to us. We can receive salvation and wholeness because of what he did for us. Jesus was thankful to be able to sacrifice for you. He loves you and chose to suffer in order for you to be saved. And all he asks of you is just this one little thing, to turn your life over to him. He will save you from your sins and give you a new life. And if you have not made that decision, it is the best decision you can ever make in your life. If you're a Christian, I encourage you to take time to thank Jesus for his salvation and everything that he's done for you. God wants you to live a life of thankfulness. He wants you to recognize and respond to everything he's done in your life. Rebecca, will you come? Let's stand. So I'm going to pray.